0: Hi, I'm Jason Marcos.
1: And I'm Barry Hamaguchi. This is Flop Redeemer, the weekly podcast where we discuss the stories behind our favorite pop flops and why you should give these songs a second chance. Jessie J has been bubbling up through
0: the public consciousness in one way, shape, or form since 2009. Today, we're talking about the song Thunder and exploring why she's had big hits but never really connected.
1: Oh, not in the US, just everywhere, huh? I think everywhere. I've realized it's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, especially in her home country, it seems. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good morning. Here we go again. <laughs> I, yeah. Who sang that song? Here we go again.
0: Is, it's, is, isn't it, Um, it's Dolly Parton.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Or Demi have Lovato, that, right? Have isn't that there a record. Demi Lovato song called Here We Go Again? Is there? It's you It's know, very, it's very different. I mean, she's performing, I think, at the inauguration. <laughs> correct, correct i would be i mean i guess i don't know it's it's such an odd time i don't know if it seems scary to to, to do anything
0: yeah i'm like all right well i hope because who is
1: it that's singing the national anthem lady gaga oh that's right okay yeah oh, she whatever. probably has
0: she probably has better security
1: yeah i guess so um how are you i'm good you know
0: just chugging along i took i took an extra day off it's um you know, because we have a long weekend on uh, with on tomorrow Monday mm-hmm. um, for MLK Day, and um, I took Friday off just to pad it out, give myself yeah. something to look forward to.
1: Cool. It was fully um, 4 p.m. on Friday before we were informed or I even realized that Monday was a holiday. Do you guys so. get it off? Yeah, 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 totally. But I was. It's it just bit It's just been such a um, Rolling Stone. Mm. Is that what it is? No, you're not gathering moss. It's yeah, it, 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 it's, it's everything is just tumbling down a mountain at terminal velocity, and um, there's no time to think about what day of the week it is or what mm. what the date is. So. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, we got the email from HR at like 5 p.m. So, oh wow, oh you, because the, you know why they didn't want
0: anyone to take Friday off. That's what that's what we always. Well,
1: Well, they 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 give us they give us the calendar of days we get off at the beginning of the year. So fully, I should have known, mm, but mm, mm. it just wasn't one of those surprises. It doesn't seem like it's been what 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 is this like three weeks in January? So
0: does that mean that you do you also get President's Day off in February? Because I I I feel like most companies, if you get the, it's like one or the other.
1: No, we get both. You get both. Okay. And then last year, last year they gave us Juneteenth off. Oh good. I think well, I for, yeah. I fully forget what month that is. Is that February or March? Oh my god. President's Day is February. No, Juneteenth. Well, it's in June. Oh June Jesus March. Christ.
0: <laughs> I I was like, he must be asking about President's Day because Juneteenth
1: <gasps> is right there in the name. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i guess it's early then <laughs> my, my brain these days my brain is just not not firing at all cylinders. well it's
0: it's really funny because i'm part of the diversity group at work and um you know i i had to write the the company-wide email about mlk day this year mm. and um one of the things i discovered while researching it is that like only one third of company privately owned companies have it as a day off Mm. so you know we always assume because i work at a bank that it's one of those holidays that it's like a banker holiday that like not that you know we're always off but like our families usually aren't off kids aren't really off school like that sort of thing
1: kids don't get Um, school
0: off i don't think so
1: i i feel like growing up we always got school off
0: well it's just like with columbus day or indigenous people's day like we used to get that off and then like now they don't get it off
1: well yeah because columbus but well yeah yeah but yeah i guess mlk it's one of those days that like retailers are all open Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i guess like restaurants are all open it's it's like a it's like a holiday with the vast majority of people in the workforce probably yeah yeah i would always i always assume that like office people would get it off like
0: not everybody not everybody it's it's so anyway yeah that's it's one of those i'm surprised you got it off well that's good Anyway, by the
1: time this posts, it'll fully be uh President's Day. So happy Presidents Day.
0: If we're lucky. I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What does your mug say? Um, oh, this is the uh don't even talk to me until I've had my paycheck mug. Oh. It's like oh, a, that's a different one. Uh I think Colbert. I think this is from Stephen Colbert. Mm. It happened during the uh Government shutdown. Trump's Trump's oh, shutdown okay. like two okay, years okay. ago. Okay, longest That's shutdown terrible. in history, right? Yeah, I think so. we're as we as we near the end of the Trump presidency. <laughs> I mean, revisiting let, some of crossed. the greatest hits. I mean, it, it's 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 it, you know it's funny to see all of the kind of uh, presidential wrap ups being like it's hard to. It's hard to identify like what the biggest fuck ups of this presidency were or like what the most what the most terrible things he said during his presidency were.
0: I mean, every I, every day is a fresh horror.
1: Yeah. But so because I, I, this whole thing with the government shutdown, I totally forgot that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every no, like did Obama Obama had a government shutdown, right? Like a day. I think it was short. I feel like it yeah. I feel like it's a it's a it's a political game that everyone in the government plays with each other knowing that it's like a game of chicken that at, at the last second someone's gonna swerve
0: yeah well and, there was the remember the one when Clinton was president and it was during that winter and um that was kind of disastrous I think after that was it after that the Republicans took the Took Congress like it was. I fully
1: don't remember, but yeah. Wait, Clinton had a government shutdown while his party was in control of the legislature. I believe so.
0: I could Uh be wrong. I know it happened under his presidency, and it was somewhat disastrous electorally. I think in the midterms.
1: I mean, that's that's very typical, though. I think presidents normally lose control of the legislature at a certain point in their presidency because Americans are. Uh, we're uncomfortable with like imbalance of power not these last four years <laughs> well I, I mean it all follows it all follows these follows these trends like we're kind of accelerating but right like um mm-hmm. typically like the the executive branch will change parties eight to 12 every eight to 12 years so like mm-hmm. people will get worried about like oh no our policies are going too far to the too left one way like or the other you know, moderate voters are going to start to vote right. And then things go too far to the right and moderate voters start going back to the left. It's, it is, it's that thing about, I think it's the thing that like progressives get really upset about is that the Democratic Party constantly seems to court the middle. Mm -hmm. Specifically, probably, I would think specifically for that reason, that historically speaking, the presidency changes parties every, every eight to 12 years, right? you get you get you get reagan you get bush one and then you get clinton and then Then you you get get clinton for eight years and then you get bush two for eight years then you get obama for eight years then thankfully we only we only had trump for four years um yeah yeah if you can't see that our world is not uh better off four years in um kudos to you kudos to you for living your best life um, (laughs) because my life is is very strange right now and i i would suspect that a lot of people's lives are much much stranger. Or perhaps mm-hmm. um, less euphemistically terrible, uh <laughs> four years into this presidency. And um, we were promised uh we were promised better things than this. And I, I I hope we all know that none of those things happened. Check out our federal deficit and tell me what you think. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna
0: check out the federal deficit until this vaccine is rolled out and uh, oh, the pandemic I mean, is under control. It, it's
1: sad because like Biden is gonna inherit I mean, I feel like this happens. At, this happened to obama too like the inherent, mm-hmm. like terrible things right mm-hmm. and,
0: and then, then it just like... and
1: in the immediate aftermath it's just going to get worse mm-hmm. i mean the deficit's going to get worse like like i think biden's going to have to blow up the deficit to save us I th- yeah save our so. civilization
0: even um the u.s chamber of commerce came out and said we approved where we we're we're happy with this one point trillion, one 9 trillion 1.9 trillion dollar plan because you know people need to be vaccinated the pandemic needs to be ended yeah. so the economy can come back so yeah i mean that's at least a good sign
1: and we operate in a world where money is imaginary so um right it's like a it's like a faith thing money money's, well, a, money's not un- real
0: unless you're jesse jay And then money is very real
1: because it's all about the price tags. No, it's not about the price. tags. It's not about the money, money, money,
0: (laughs) but as an article, as a, as a writer in the guardian, uh, several years later said, Hmm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we're talking about Jesse J today. Again, we are full, full, full transparency. We've recorded this episode once before, um, or I recorded this episode once before Jason. You know what? (laughs) i'm watching it now
0: it's not it has not stopped recording we had a little mishap it's fine <laughs> we fully recorded an entire episode uh, well barry recorded an entire one-sided conversation <laughs> um you got, a, you got like
1: 30 minutes you got like 30, I got 30 minutes,
0: minutes but... in i got the intro in which is kind of crazy to think but we, about, we've but...
1: decided to redo the intro because i just i need to keep it fresh even it though to this is fresh. still gonna be stale it's still gonna be stale by the time this posts but um,
0: it's like flash frozen. Yeah. You know, it's it, like it when is, they do those fish and they freeze them at sea. Yeah.
1: I mean, all this political talk is going to be is going to be so stale by the time this posts. But, um, oh, I'll tell you what won't be stale. I cleaned my bathroom yesterday. I did a deep clean. Oh. I was cleaning my bathroom from noon till about 6 p.m. Oh, my God. I got so hungry because, OK, like, I don't know if you ever did this in Hawaii or if there's like any Japanese influence there, but there's like a Japanese new year tradition. It's called Osoji. And like, you have to clean your whole house from top to bottom.
0: I remember that from friends. Like, and you're like sweep out all of the, the bad, whatever from the year. And yeah. you start fresh. Yeah. You're
1: supposed to like empty every single like drawer shelf, empty it all out, like clean it all up and put it all back. Uh, suffice it to say, I, I have never done it as an adult. I don't know if you knew me in my like total basket case, um, hoarder, hoarder disaster days. I don't think so. I, it, it was very much, I think it, I, th- I mean, I think it pretty much concluded being with Davey. Like Davey's really centered me in like the idea of taking a little oh, well, bit of then time I did, out. Then I did know you before, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think it was that bad. I, I mean, um, there's a pic, I'll find a picture and maybe I'll post it to social media of my, my room in my apartment in college that Aaron, our friend Aaron took because UCLA, the campus events commission had this like messiest room contest. Oh no. It was part of like the, they were, they were promoting Shrek. And so they were, there was like a messiest room contest and I guess no one was entering. And then Aaron just happened to be at my apartment one day. And then I opened the door to my room to get something and she just took a peek at it. And she was like, Oh my God. (laughs) she like whipped out her camera and took a picture she's like i'm entering you in this contest <laughs> and i won oh what did you win there was a, a a shrek like gift pack and then a gift certificate for a maid service that i never used. <laughs> wait so so then so so you did this what is the otoboshi what no, uh osoji osoji yeah
0: um you did that in your bathroom yesterday I mean, I mean,
1: inspired by, I mean, you're supposed to do your whole house. I mean, we don't keep, that's the thing is like, uh, you know, despite my checkered past, I don't think we keep our house in terrible shape. We definitely have a lot of like, uh, or not riffraff drawers. What is it called? Junk (laughs) drawers? Junk drawers, like knickknack drawers. Yeah. yeah. Riffraff drawers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the bathroom, I feel like the bathroom has been my domain. Like I really love scrubbing a toilet. Hmm. I really love scrubbing soap scum off of a tub. Oh, it's it, but it just it just happens so gradually that it's hard to uh-huh. perceive, and also because I wear such thick glasses. Like I was telling someone, I was like, "Fully, I never realize how filthy our bathtub is because every time I'm in the shower or in the uh-huh. bathtub, I don't have my glasses on. I can't see shit." <laughs> You're like, "It's fine. I can't see the end of my nose." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that dangerous? Not I being mean- able to see. While well, you're. T- I mean, yeah, it's, in the I shower, can, it's 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 blur. Everything's blurry. Okay. It's fine. I can still. And like, I, I'm good at identifying where things are by like memory. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, like a lot of the yeah. bottles and stuff look kind of similar to me without my glasses on, but I'm like, well, no, mm-hmm. the shampoo's on this side, the conditioner's on this side. Or yeah, like, yeah. Um, well, Adam's
0: Adam's like that too, and so like <laughs> every time like I'm getting up in the morning because I get it before him and I'm like getting ready. And as I'm walking around the room or whatever, like he'll stir and like look and I'll just freeze. <laughs> and he's like, it's not like that. I'm not a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> I can see
1: you. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so inspired by that, I, I decided, you know what? It's time. It's time to clean the bathroom. And I like disassembled. We have this like wire shelf. On one side of our sink because our Mm -hmm. sink is in a weird spot in the bathroom and so there's this gap that i put a shelf in eight years ago i put a shelf in there Mm -hmm. just to hold extra things because otherwise there's no storage in our bathroom and um the thing has been assembled and stuck in that spot for eight years i don't know how i got it in there because i tried to pull it out and i realized like there's no way to get it out without fully disassembling it disassembled it and it was like the dirtiest spot in our house (laughs) <laughs> like the inaccessible corner of our bathroom yeah 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 that had been accumulating detritus for 8 years almost 9 years now no huh. no 8 years and i went i went back there got i crawled in with a little rag and pine mm-hmm. saw and just scrubbed it out and um it was good oh and let me tell you let me tell you if you've never fully removed the seat of your toilet ugh you're to, talking about- to clean oh. what's underneath the brackets that connect your, your toilet seat to your toilet, have you ever really cleaned your bathroom? Mm-hmm. I, I say nay.
0: <laughs> I remember my parents had... Um, in our bathroom growing up, it was like a wooden toilet seat. Do you remember those? Like wooden toilets. Disgusting. Toilet yeah, well, first of all, yes, gross. But it also had like brass connectors, mm. the hinge to the toilet. And so obviously four little boys peeing yeah. all over the place not good for brass yeah so it would get like green like yeah around that area. it was i just remember being so disgusting
1: i don't know what we were thinking with wooden toilet i mean wooden toilet seats are probably the lesser of the evils between that and like the um the, the vinyl fuzzy ones oh no, the well fuzzy- there's the, the fuzzy, fuzzy ones, ones are, are the, the worst. worst fuzzy upholstered Ugh. toilet seats. And, and then, then the vinyl ones. The vinyl, like, cushiony ones. Uh-huh. And they go, psst.
0: What, do you yeah. sit on it? Yeah. And if they crack and it, like,
1: cuts your butt. Disgusting. Just... Um. So, yeah, I, I fully <laughs> uh, unscrewed the brackets from the toilet bowl so I could lift off the seat and... Were you horrified? A whole new world. A whole new world awaited me underneath those brackets. And you know what? We just had our toilet replaced, like, <laughs> maybe a year and a half ago. So fully everything that was underneath there maximum 18 months old.
0: Do you ever think like okay, so you go in there and you're like I'm going to like wipe this away. Like what if that's a whole other universe? <laughs> like <laughs> like we are the scum on some gigantic alien's toilet and like it feels like millions of years for us, but one day he's going to clean his toilet and we're
1: all going to yeah. go away. Right now we're hiding under the bracket. It's <laughs> one day he's going to cuz that I, I've been watching, you know, because our toilet's like, it's like a white seat on a white toilet. Mm-hmm. And um, you can kind of see along the edges of the bracket that hold the seat to the bowl, like a little line of like white. And I'd gone in there with like an old toothbrush and I'm like scrubbing and trying to get in the mm-hmm. crack. And I'm like, man, there's always like a little tinge of like brown, like brownish yellow. Mm it's aged you know oh it's, yeah yeah it, it, and there's always that little tinge and i'm like oh god the is patina. that a stain like a what patina. is that so then yeah like yesterday i was like i have to figure this out i'm gonna uncover the truth what's the truth dot gif you know <laughs> and it's a whole new world whole new world but um now our bathroom is sparkling pro tip uh remove your toilet seat um oh god <sighs> is this is it i don't know if this is anything to do with jesse j i just wanted to tell you and we've been talking for 20 minutes, but um. Oh, but can I give you my other pro tip? I sure. just I I'm so I'm so happy about this. Yeah. So, forever we've had our medicine cabinet or, or like our yeah, our medicine cabinet in our bathroom mm-hmm. arranged so that it's got a big tall shelf on the bottom and then two smaller shelves okay. above. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like all mm-hmm. the biggest bottles are on the bottom and then mm-hmm. there's like a mid mid height section in the middle and then a short section at the top mm-hmm. and for a long time i'd always been losing track of stuff that's on the upper two shelves because they're slightly above my eye line. Mm. and so yesterday when i was pulling everything out i was like what if i put the short stuff at the bottom had the tallest shelf in the middle and uh-huh. then another short shelf on top and then hmm. i was like that would put two two of the shelves within my eyeline instead of just one and it's blown my mind <laughs>
0: It's already changed your life like
1: putting all the short stuff at the bottom and the tall stuff in the middle i was like oh like i can see everything now <laughs> and then everything up top is all the stuff that we very rarely use it's yeah like yeah, your, yeah yeah your enamel protection toothpaste and you know my contact lens solution for my 15 year old contacts that i never wear <laughs> um so yeah I, I was really happy with that and now my um you know the, the the beauty influencers call it a, a shelfie i'm going to take a shelfie mm. oh wow
0: <laughs> i no i i i haven't done it in the bathroom. i mean our bathroom's okay for now but like it was like when we got the pull out drawers under the um sink in the kitchen mm. and like that changed my life and it's like Trying to, you know, uh, uh, also organization takes a lot of math. It's like, okay, well, what's the clearance on this side? I'm like, <laughs> you know, how much can you actually, you know, oh, it was so hard. But, you know, just like clear, like doing that, doing the pantry, like finding things to organize the fridge. Right now I'm going to organize our freezer because, like, I swear to God, I'm going to be killed by something flying out of there. Because, um, you know, you try and stack stuff mm-hmm. over time. We have one of those vertical freezer. Um, It's like on the side. It's a split. Oh, you have freezer. a side to side. Okay, yeah, I have a side oh, to side. Oh, that's and interesting.
1: I haven't well, seen one of those in a while. I know the, the fridge is only like five years old. But, I feel like people. Um, I feel like people tend to go for um the drawer the, the drawer on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the that's what fangled. I would have wanted.
0: Um, but 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 in there, like so so everything's a little precarious because on one of the major shelves. I got a pork shoulder by surprise. <laughs> okay. From, okay. From the store. As one does. It's like nine pounds. And so like it's on the bottom, but like obviously it's not flat. So everything is kind of jigsawed jenga above it. Mm. And like tamales have fallen out on my feet. Like I have no place to put anything. And so I'm trying to figure out like, well, how do I do this? How do I organize this? And it's it's a whole other job. Yeah, You gotta gotta like like, tilt
1: everything, tilt everything away from Mm -hmm. the door. If there's a a side of the pork shoulder that angles down, like aim that towards the back, but then you'll just lose stuff behind the pork shoulder. I'll lose it.
0: I'll lose (laughs) it. And then I'm the kind of person I get, I hate when there's like frost on stuff because the door keeps being opened. I don't know. Someday you'll find a
1: seven year old stump of ginger in the back of your freezer. (laughs) The things um, you have to look forward to. Anyway. Anyway. Um, that was our house cleaning segment. Um, Literally. We're talking about Jesse J today, again, for the second time. The sequel. The um, second time. Redux, you know. Mm-hmm. 2010, a space odyssey with Jesse J. <laughs> if you don't know who she is, you're, you'll find out. You'll find out. She's not Jessie Ware. Although you probably don't know who Jessie Ware is if you don't know who Jesse J is. Yeah, probably. I think Jesse probably. Jesse Jesse Ware is the superior Jesse. Um, I think so now. I have always thought so. Always. Uh, uh, well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Ware has a different. Jesse Ware has a great podcast, by the way.
0: Oh, with her mom. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. She's. So I listened. Good.
1: It was her. So so she her
0: mom and Ali Alexander from um, Years and Years. Uh huh. They had him over, and it was adorable. I used to listen to it, but it's oh, it it's it's very good. And this is not a knock on the podcast, but I used to listen to it on my way back from Orange County when I was doing my long commutes. Yeah. Um, and
1: it was not enough to keep me awake on the day oh. of home. Because it's, it's very little, soothing. Yeah, it's soothing. It's a, it's, yeah. it's nice for when we're at home. Um, and I, yeah, Davy's way into it. I mean, I, I don't love, love, love it, but I was like mm-hmm. really shocked that that's her personality.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because she seems so icy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and, uh, I mean, part of it is like the, the the branding of her, like our albums. She's got a yeah. nice font that she uses. It's like very spare. Yeah. Um, but,
1: and she looks, you know, she just looks warmer. like, I mean, again, I guess based on like how her album art looks, like she yeah. doesn't look like a... Friendly person. Well. She just doesn't look yeah. warm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially originally, she looked very cold. She's like a so, she's she like a Michelle Dockery kind of vibe, hmm, you know. Anyway, uh, Downton Abbey. Mich- anyway, Mich- Michelle Visage. No. Um.
0: Well, we'll we're <laughs> going to we? talk about we're going <laughs> to yeah. talk about the uh, the uh, less good Jesse.
1: So stay tuned. Yeah, secondary Jesse. After the break. After the break.
0: Right, and we're back. So as we've been teasing for the last 30 minutes, <laughs> today, I'm going to talk about Jessie J and her single, Thunder, which is from her second album, Alive, which was released in 2013 in the UK, but scrapped in the US. And that may be one reason why you don't know this song. J- you know, Jessie J is a British pop star. Uh, you know, she graduated from the Brit School, which is a performing arts school, um, class of 2006, alongside Adele and Leona Lewis. Now, Adele, obviously, everyone knows Adele. Um, she also graduated alongside Leona Lewis, and Leona
1: Lewis was the first winner of the X Factor.
0: Is that her claim to fame?
1: She was one of the winners of the X Factor. She could have been the first, or she was a very early on she winner. She very early. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: She's got that great big voice.
1: Is it big? I feel
0: maybe it was just me being at the Abbey dancing to a remix, and I thought she had a big voice. No, I, I, I guess I, it's big. It's big, but it's not full. It's not um, iconic. Yeah, in the way that like her p. Pe- like, I mean,
1: obviously, if you graduate with Adele, like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, good luck. I, I I recall her being on the X Factor, and I don't remember that being a big part of her arc. Her background, her background mm. as like an actual trained yeah, I don't musician. Think so. It was very much like, oh, she works as like a fry cook at a fast food yeah, restaurant. Yeah, Look, she's, yeah. She's a fry cook at a fast food restaurant, but she's vegan and she has this astounding voice. You know, <laughs> they always got to find some angle, I guess. She's like a warbler. I guess, to, Yeah. You know, were we talking about like deceptively thin voiced singers who are actually really great vocalists? Like, uh uh-huh. hmm. Nina Lewis. Like and then she she got kind of into that crying, crying that the sounding song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like bleeding sad. love and better yeah. in time. Like they are all these kind of like um, Nicholas Sparks movie outro kind of songs. Anyway, that's how she <laughs> very, uh, that.
0: very 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 s- like kind of wet songs. Yeah. Uh,
1: however, anyway, Jesse J great pedigree. She's she yeah, went to school no, with So Jesse J. Yeah, obviously very
0: talented. Went to school with these two, um, you know. When she, you know, after after she graduated, she got a songwriting deal with Sony. And in two thousand nine, while writing songs for her debut album, she wrote "Party in the USA" uh, for Miley Cyrus. Um, she didn't think it was edgy enough for her own album, and eventually, it made its way to Dr. Luke, who was working with Miley Cyrus at the time. And um, what's really funny is Miley didn't even really think it was that good of a song either but like they literally just needed album filler Mm -hmm. and so they ended up recording it um that song made it to number two on the hot 100 number one on the top 40 um it became the quote celebratory anthem for the uh death of osama bin laden in 2011 according to wikipedia (laughs) (laughs) and uh had a resurgence in 2020 when um in November, when uh, Joe Biden won the presidential election, uh, that song was played in the streets across the country. Also, apparently,
1: I mean, there is no is there is there another song that captures kind of a an empty, meaningless, vague, general love party of your the, country, party
0: across the nation, yeah, right. I like it
1: so. doesn't really commit to anything specific. It's not taking any stances about anything, right? It's mm-hmm. just like, hey, I'm feeling good. It's a party in the USA. Yeah, and it wasn't even written by an American. I know. To think about, like, <laughs> oh, if that song were sung by a non-American, it takes on a different, yeah, it's vibe, strange.
0: right? Well, it's it's just very, um, like if you think about it, she did write Jessie J did write it when she first got to L.A. So you know, in in some ways, it is autobiographical. Hopped in the car at LAX, you know, with a dream and yeah. the car again.
1: <laughs> right like it's like it makes more sense well I guess it makes more sense because yeah it's about someone pursuing their dream yeah yeah in the US but I guess Mm -hmm. I guess it's funny to think about Miley Cyrus singing that song because when she says she got off you know at LAX Mm -hmm. to to me it was always like oh like she was coming from like Nashville right? yeah Tennessee yeah Yeah. something like that
0: yeah so you know big song huge song
1: Um, great gowns beautiful gowns
0: (laughs) You know, kind of, kind of established her as like, you know, you know, an actual, a, a legit songwriter. That was that that didn't make it on her album. But while she was working on her album and continued to work on her album, she was also very active on YouTube at the time. And this is again 2009, so it, you know, YouTube was this place where you kind of just like upload It wasn't like for YouTube. There weren't YouTube creators, but a lot of times it was. You know, singers, people who were trying to do stuff that would just upload like their basically their self tapes yeah. or their demos, and I so mean, that yeah,
1: I think all those people aspired to be the creators that we have now. But yeah, you have to aesthetically imagine that 11 years ago, people were shooting this stuff on the webcam of their computers using yeah. their computer microphones. It didn't mm-hmm. have the gloss that it has now. It certainly didn't have the credibility that it has now. Yeah, I think it, it was, was very still lo-fi, very yeah. lo-fi, and I think it was it was kind of surprising when actual like major labels and you know music industry people were beginning to source talent yeah from those yeah. platforms
0: yeah because this is around the time when like you know like a justin bieber like starts being discovered you know yeah. like, it, where this you know whatever happened to bieber... esme
1: denters i don't know who that is uh justin timberlake uh found her did he find her in myspace oh. or did he find her on youtube me
0: Well, if it was MySpace,
1: wasn't he involved with
0: like MySpace Records?
1: Uh no. Justin Timberlake wasn't in, was involved in the MySpace relaunch after Oh, okay, okay. Which by the way, everyone log into your MySpace accounts because they still have all your photos. Oh shit. You can't really find them, but like like other people can't really see them necessarily. But like I logged but into my profile. There. I was like, oh my god, these like fifteen years old, fifteen year old photos of me are still on here.
0: Who, now I need to go on there and like find out who my top five is. <laughs>
1: you like a, were online it's like an Jason. artifact
0: frozen and oh <laughs> i must I, like, I bet it was like
1: i bet it was like you chris Davey, aaron what, was it eight though wasn't top eight?
0: Oh yeah well because they expanded it remember i think it was like aaron so
1: j5 faithy how many is that eric eric Mai was probably on there uh-huh probably shout out eric my yeah. um <laughs> so <laughs>
0: Well, but you know, this was in that kind of crunchy time of the of of the internet where people yeah. you know, it was everyone was on it, but it wasn't uh wasn't necessarily acceptable. I don't want to say acceptable, but like to your point about credibility. Like people uploading videos was still it was very sort of lo-fi and very just like busking, you yeah. know, like for lack of a better word. The
1: idea that you could have a legitimate career in anything without the intermediary of an established corporation mm-hmm. behind you mm-hmm. i like think an anr person the visibility the visibi- the, uh, the way that that was viewed was very like um people looked down their noses yeah at people yeah people like that like it, across industries like if you self-publish stuff right mm-hmm. the perception yeah. was like you're not good enough to be published by a, a major publishing house your writing must suck you know but in a very different way, a lot of artists and creators just wanted more direct access to all yeah. of the people that they could touch with their work. And
0: there is a sort of visionary aspect to it. Because, I mean, you you do have to remember, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, like, we weren't used to seeing people record songs on a laptop in their bathroom or in their bedroom. And it's like, you know, it's just that, that it would have thing. the
1: production quality that would yeah. pass muster, right? Because yeah. it, it's not to say that everything that's self-published or self-released is good. There is still a lot of terrible things. Mm-hmm. But um, by and large, uh, the technology that we have access to as individuals has advanced to the point that, like, and, yeah. you can do whatever you want, dear, dear, yeah. honey, honey. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> <laughs> honey.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's it's, yeah. And so and there hadn't really been a success story either at that point. So there wasn't really a model to follow. Um, so, you know, she, so she's, she's self-publishing sort of demos of things, songs that she's workshopping, um, on Instagram starts, or sorry, YouTube starts, you know, building a following. And that's honestly where I had seen her. I just remember... Um, you know, it might not have been right in 2009, might have been a couple years later that I became aware of her, but someone had shared a video of this girl with this amazing voice singing in her bathroom. And uh, that was how I first became of Jesse J. So, you know, she, 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 her debut album, Who You Are, was released in 2011. She had started writing it in t- 2005. So a lot of the songs that were on the album were, you know you could find them on youtube because she'd been like i said been kind of kicking them around and so that really helped her create an audience um when her debut came out uh she the lead single was do it like a dude it was originally written for rihanna after rude boy um had been a successful hit um it became her first uk single that because the record label was like "No, no, no 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 you don't you don't need this for rihanna you need this for yourself um It's a fine song to me. Like, I, I, these aren't my favorite kinds of songs, but she had Do It Like a Dude. She had Price Tag. She had Domino, Who You Are. The album itself charted number two in the UK, number 11 in the US. So it was, you know, it was pretty successful yeah and you know on the strength of that she was chosen to open for Katy perry's california dreams tour which is happening at the time um she was all primed and set to do that but broke her foot during rehearsals and had to drop out (laughs) and um so she had had all of these things lined up in the u.s um all of these appearances all of these concert dates and then she broke her foot so if you watch the mtv vmas 2011 in the telecast whenever they cut to commercial or as they're cutting to commercial or coming back the camera would pan over to this woman um in like (laughs) this woman well because she because no one knew who she was yeah no there was this woman sitting in like a glittery throne with a scepter and like a bedazzled cast and she would just start singing (laughs) And then they would cut to commercial, and then come back. She'd like clearly be in the middle of another song, and you could tell she had a good voice. But it—I don't remember them actually saying who she was. Like everyone's just like who is this woman?
1: Well, it was Jessie J. <laughs> yeah, I remember this, and I remember it feeling mm-hmm. so random. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, the most identifiable thing to me about Jessie J is her bangs. Mm-hmm. So you she see the really bangs. Blunt bangs. So if you've seen the album cover and you've seen her bangs you see it and it's like oh it's the woman with the bangs um you know i'm looking at a picture of this now i wish that they had given her like a higher like bar stool height thing to sit on because she looks like she's sitting on a toilet like she's <laughs> there's something just so you can't look cute sitting on like a low chair height throne like, you're not used to seeing someone performing while sitting fully in like a low chair.
0: Well, and there was no explanation for it. <laughs> Cause it's like she's got a full cast, right? Yeah. Like, and, and again, you don't know her and you're just like, who is this? But, but she had a great voice. Like, it was clear, like I said, it's clear she had a great voice.
1: Yeah. I feel like here, the main avenue that we heard Jesse J was from the song Domino. I, the only reason that I ever knew the song, um, what was her first single? It's not about the bling, 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 bling. Price tag. The only reason that I, I actually know that song is because in season one of The Voice, one of Blake Shelton's contestants sang that song. And I was like, what is this song? I'm no, is this an original song? And then I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay. This Jesse J woman with the bangs who sings that Domino song that I hear on KBIG because it's, and that was the thing too about Jesse J is I I I felt like, she was like an adult contemporary artist the songs that we got here and the way that they were presented to us and the avenues by which they were transmitted to us i.e like adult contemporary radio adult contemporary radio never feels like it has its finger on the pulse so to speak right yeah it's never like the newest freshest tunes it's like these are the safe comforting um you know yeah. Easy easy to bob your head to tunes that you just want to listen to in the car or like when you're just at home cleaning the house. It's like nothing too unexpected, but it's good. It's fine. And that's honestly what I got from that Domino song.
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, like to your point about the channels that they come through, I think it was used, like some of her songs were licensed for commercials, but like they weren't like great brands. If that makes sense, right? <laughs> like, there's a sort of, um, like, she's, her music is pop, but it's not, oh, it doesn't feel cool in that way. Like, Party in the USA, that had a moment, but largely that, I mean, but that was entirely due to Miley Cyrus and sort of the way yeah. that, that, you know, that that song came out. You know, Jessie J, I don't think, would have
1: had that same success, um I don't think Party in the USA was a cool song when it came no, out. No, it
0: wasn't. But I don't think uh, I
1: don't think Miley Cyrus was cool when that no, song
0: came No, 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 but there's like a there's like a not a I don't even want to say knowing this, but there's like a it's kind of cheeky in a way that like Jessie J is not cheeky. She comes across as very strident. Um and very okay. sincere. So like, you know, her I I like some of her songs. I I tend to like her ballads or mid-tempo songs more because of course. I think they do her voice more justice and then it's not necessarily as much about being cool. <laughs> you know, like some of these harder songs are like price tag, uh, do it like a dude. I'm like, oh. I mean, it's funny now when you listen to it, do it like a brother, do it like a dude. This is a white woman. And it's Jesse J with her bangs. Yeah, it's a white woman yeah. from England.
1: Like, what is she saying? I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you to an extent that like her ballads and whatnot are better because they showcase her vocal ability a little bit mm-hmm. better. I mean, when you have a song like Party in the USA, I can sing that song. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: And we have talked about this. We've talked
1: about this. Just lower it, it, lower it about four whole steps (laughs) and I can hit everything in the range of that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that song probably only has about an octave and a half range to it. Probably, probably. Uh, and when you're jesse j you you, you can stomp probably all do over it. much much more she
0: probably does it in one octave and then raises the whole octave and does it again yeah um oh she
1: does the kelly clarkson the yeah. kelly clarkson do the do the last chorus in octave up or whatever
0: <laughs> the <laughs> kelly clarkson the patty labelle um so you know this was in 2012 she 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 then goes to work on her second album called alive this was released in the uk in 2013 you know, I didn't even know this album existed. And the song that I'm talking about, Thunder, I had heard it on a playlist uh, a couple years ago and was like, what is this song? Like, I'd never heard this Jesse J song. I actually like it. I must have just missed it or something. And then I was, you know, I did some research as we were f- like figuring out, like, you know, what to talk about. And I realized that this album, the album that it's on, Alive, was never released in the US. Um, the U.S. label at the time said that the songs on this album wouldn't work for the U.S. market, and so she moved to the U.S. Um, in 2013, 2014 to work to rework it. Um, ultimately, it was shelved completely, and they ended up just what ended up coming out was um, her her next album, Sweet Talker, which came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. That was the that was her second album in the U.S. It was the third album in the UK. Um, and Sweet is the one that has Nicki Minaj and um, Ariana Grande on Bang Bang. Once that kind of was successful, then they ended up re-releasing Alive the following
1: year, just on digital. So it was like, it came out of sequence. And I mean, you really—I mean—we still don't know anything from this album, no, really, even though it no. actually came out. Like for for uh, for us here in the U.S., like our tent poles for Jessie J. Perhaps the only things that you know about Jessie J are Domino and Bang Bang, mm-hmm. and and Bang Bang, by the way, which you believe fully is an Ariana Grande yeah. song. You would think it was Ariana Grande featuring Nicki Minaj and some woman. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know, we talked
0: about this before that like. You know, you really got to choose your your collaborators. And I think it's a great song. Bang Bang is fun. They opened the VMAs with it that one year.
1: You've got Nicki Minaj who is just always a spot on collaborator, I feel like. Well,
0: she's queen Nicki dominant.
1: She and but she always comes through with like fire mm-hmm. when she's collabing. Mm-hmm. You have Ariana Grande who at the time was ascending, like like pure vertical mm-hmm. space shuttle mm-hmm. shit, mm-hmm. right? Like a rocket. <laughs> and you're and you're Jesse J, and you've just had an album shelved, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, what? She's trying to be more American. Well, it's like you hit your now. hit your wagon
0: to a to a shooting star.
1: So, do you know like the the version of the um the version of the Alive album, her second shelved album, the version that was even released in the UK? Was that already after she had tried to rework it? No. Was there an no. even less American version? No. Okay, so this is like this is, the less American yeah. version. It, she yeah. tried to she tried to red, white, and blew it up, and yeah, it was supposed to. More. Apparently,
0: she was supposed to be like working on it with Pharrell. They were gonna take a stab at kind of reprodu- reproducing some of the tracks. It's interesting to me because you know we've we've talked about a few artists that on on this podcast uh, around 2012, 2013. That's when like the the sort of EDMification of pop. Was starting to happen, Um, you know. You mm-hmm. had Kelly Rowland, Commander. You had Sia with Titanium. You had Usher, Calvin Harris, Calvin Harris, was Harris starting and to come Rihanna. Up. Like taken in that context, the 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 song Thunder, which is kind of in that vein, maybe not as hard hitting, but it's kind of in that vein. You know, I don't necessarily see it as being quote unquote not for the U.S. market. Like it, the, all yeah. all signs pointed to that. But that being said rest of the album it's like the, the, and this is kind of a thing with jesse j the rest of the album it's like it could be five or six different albums you're like they're all different styles of music it's kind of a mishmash of of genres um and and the album reviews reflected that so the first album she'd kind of come out you know like a shot second album people were like okay we've seen this and, and we've also seen that like you don't know your lane was kind of the thing yeah it was kind of just like scattershot
1: like just try to you know shoot everything and see what you hit (laughs) i mean in the context of i think what was popular at the time this music that she was putting out with alive is not as dancey as the edm inspired pop that i think we were getting Mm -hmm. it's 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 like slow it's it's a little bit mellower than that Mm. it's it's a little bit mid-tempo is it weird that like like thunder based on like the production of it I could imagine being um, like a Carly Rae Jepsen. Song. No,
0: it's it's not weird, and that takes me to because it has a,
1: it. It kind of has like an easy mm-hmm. electronic vibe mm-hmm. to it, something almost vintage feeling.
0: Well, this was co-produced, or this was produced and co-written with Stargate, um, and also Claude Kelly. Claude Kelly is the co-writer of "Party in the USA," but Stargate. You know, they're prolific producers and songwriters. You know, they did uh, Neo's song "So Sick." they did beyonce's irreplaceable they did firework for katy perry you know and then they went on to do um just like so many other things now <laughs> that like we th- we yeah. think of as pop music of of this era and so no it's it's not it's not crazy to think that um it was definitely she was going more in the way that pop was going versus like the way that like i guess dj
1: pop was yeah. going i mean, the the interesting thing about all those Stargate songs that you just mentioned, um is that those are all very safe feeling pop mm-hmm. songs. again, those are all songs and artists that did a pop to adult contemporary crossover. Mm-hmm. Well, beyonce with irreplaceable mm-hmm, specifically for sure. like the irreplaceable was like an outlier from that entire b day album, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it was her adult contemporary pop single versus all the other hard hitting sugar mama (laughs) yeah the green light ring the alarm all those songs were so aggressively out there for pop at the time you know i think we've talked about beyonce driving pop further 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 towards that Mm -hmm. through that Day album Mm -hmm. and irreplaceable to me was like the vestige of like neo songs, mm-hmm. like neo songs are so soothing, yeah, well, you think of a song, and like pop so music sick. was suddenly like not it was suddenly not soothing. Pop music was like, "No, we want to just dance, yeah, you know? yeah, can't dance to a neo song, sorry, no,
0: well, maybe down the road, but not really.
1: <laughs> down the road, yeah. I think he he realized he was just being too smooth. So Jesse J, um, oh, you know, I'm so sad that in re-recording this episode that you didn't misidentify Stargate as Swedish so that I could do my whole Norwegian joke.
0: <laughs> oh, and then we had a
1: full, we had a full thing about
0: like, so where is, what is Denmark, no, yeah, what is oh, Holland, what are the Netherlands? Danish.
1: Cause Star- Stargate is Norwegian and I always like to say people, uh, Norwegian people are from Norweg. <laughs> so I made this whole joke about Norweg because, um. That's a. It's actually an old joke from "Salute Your Shorts" on Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> Dina was talking about, like, oh, we got Daddy got Norwegian salmon all the way from Norway. <laughs> um, so I take any chance to call that out. I do. Um, I do like that. Um, but anyway, Stargate. Uh, Stargate produced, produced this, song.
0: this song. So Thunder is like a solid mid-tempo kind of anthemic pop song. It, it starts with kind of a driving beat, driving, like kind of staccato, um, like a driving. Melody, and then it just kind mm-hmm. of soars, and then by the time you get to the bridge and the um and the the final chorus, it really you know really takes off. And I do love a a good rising bridge and um, yeah, lots of ad libs over the over the last <laughs> chorus. I do always enjoy that. And you know it, 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 you know her voice, like I've said before, is incredible. If you know Jessie J, if you don't know Jessie J, her voice is is fantastic. So I really like the song. You know the other songs on this album. There's a few others on this album that I that I enjoy, but there's a surprise on here. There is um there is a duet with Brandy <laughs> called Conquer the World. And so this isn't 2013 and I forget what
1: Brandy was doing at the time. Brandy had already released that 2011 album. Yeah. No, 2 211. Yeah, okay. Cuz 2 is is it called 211? No. Cuz this is around the time... Yeah, it's oh, 211 came out in 2012. Yeah. Because, um, very confusing. 211 came out in 2012, but
0: <laughs> yeah, she, so yeah, 211 came out in 2012. So she done 211, which was, is that the one that you like? You like that one?
1: Or you like, I hate you like that human? One, but that's, I think that's, I like human. Human was 2008, 2009. Yeah, 2008. After, right after her mm. car accident, 20, yeah, 2012, when 211 came out, I think that that was largely considered Brandy's kind of like return mm-hmm. to form. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I think that that album was moderately successful. Yeah. I think it was much more successful than Human was. No, um, it was not. I don't... Oh. In the US, well... I think it was wasn't it more well-received... I think it was more well-received by Brandy fans. I think
0: you're right. Um, But the album sales they were different. They just didn't buy it. Yeah, that was the thing.
1: <laughs> uh, they didn't buy it as um, much. Um, I mean, obviously, like, I don't think it helped. I don't think that Brandy was able to reclaim her her place in the musical lexicon through that album so she she like when she was collaborating with jesse j on this it's not like she was at the top of anyone's no
0: but you know what her voice is sounds really good on this song and they actually blend quite well together i thought um it's a little syrupy it's a little um it starts with an acoustic guitar you know which is never for these kinds of songs i don't think is ever really a good sign it just makes it sound really dated but 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 the then it kind of fades a little bit, you know, the, the, the guitar kind of fades out and then you know there's there's more um of just the two of them. And I think it actually it's it's a decent song. If if you're a fan of Brandy, um it's worth checking out because like I had no idea the song even happened, right? Like there was obviously because the album had had not been released in the US like you know there was no promotion but you know considering that brandy did 211 that was her last album before last year's b7 yeah that's fully nine years and i
1: think it was like a and it was it was a like 211 was such B inflected Mm -hmm. album Mm -hmm. like hip-hop inflected album and this is this collaboration with Jesse J, it's on the lower end of mid tempo. It's
0: very adult contemporary.
1: It's got the it's got the the drum track with the reverb mm-hmm. that gives me Ryan Tedder vibes, mm-hmm. like One Republic kind of vibes. Think of uh, what was the song that he wrote for Beyonce and Kelly Clarkson, and Kelly Clarkson got all pissed. Halo and um, already gone, already gone. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's got a little bit of it's got a tinge of that to it. Mm-hmm. Brandy collabs are so interesting because I feel like she's actually, she, she'd actually done a lot of collabs that you never heard. Mm-hmm. Well, this, like, yeah. I remember she was, she did a collab with, um, Astero? Do you remember Estero? Yes. Like a long time ago. Yeah. But like, kind of like a, a, a not a, not a super big time artist. Mm-mm. No, but I, I remember seeing the Brandy pop up on Brandy pop up as a collab on one of her tracks. It's, uh, was this Thera it's a, the one that did
0: Weekend a, way back? I think Weekend with uh, with with the Black Eyed Peas, the original lineup of the Black Eyed Peas from like the '90s. Uh,
1: didn't the Black Eyed Peas have a fe- uh, like a a, a a permanent female vocalist before Fergie? That was like I thought it was a single person. All I remember from um from that from the original Black Eyed Peas lineup was that at the end of that album that was out in like '98, there's like a there's like a female vocalist on like the last track, and her whole part is la 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 la. <laughs> she got you know like
0: she got cut, and I I was I was actually just reading I don't know what I was I was reading some thread, and people were talking about um, how they they gave they kicked her to the curb and replaced her with Fergie. But like there, but that timeline isn't exactly. It's not like it was one and then the other. Like there was. A gap, a pretty sizable gap in between. But yes, a weekend featuring Esthero. Okay, with the Black Eyed Peas because it came out in 2000, so it's 20 years, 21 years ago. Jeez,
1: I mean, I remember to take a side step into the Black Eyed Peas. It's it's so weird cause I guess I was like, you know, 18. Mm-hmm. I was just out of high school when um Bridging the Gap came out. Oh no, wait, Bridging the Gap came out in 2000. Oh, Behind the Front. Yeah, I used to like. I used to really like those the those two. They it, they they were just like really cool. Yeah. Yeah, And then when that Justin Timberlake song came out, I was like, oh, this is what the Black Eyed Peas yeah. is doing now. It was That's so
0: like, it's just been falling into cheese.
1: I mean, kudos to them for, or kudos to Will.i.am for riding this wave. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming they're all extremely wealthy and extremely successful now. So, so kudos to them for that. I think so. But, but um, I cool. loved, I loved their old yeah. music.
0: Well, so when I was in high school, I took graphic arts and the graphic arts teacher was so hot. He was like, (laughs) he would always just wear like these white t-shirts and he had like, this is so this late nineties. So he had a Honda, a white Honda Accord coupe, which were kind of rare. Yeah. Uh, Didn't see a lot of coupes. It was parked right behind the, cause like where like. Like where the graphic arts studio was on campus, it was like kind of where like auto shop and woodworking was. So it's like the back of campus, and there, like some of those teachers could park their cars basically behind this their classrooms,
1: and he'd leave the yeah. door open so you could see the car. And what? Wait, what was the predecessor? Like I feel like there was a wasn't there a predecessor to the Honda Accord Coupe? What was the coupe that was bigger than the? Well, there was a legend. The there Cobra was coupe. the
0: Legend Coupe. That, but that was accurate. But no, it was it was no. The, but what was
1: the what was like the what was the sporty like the real oh sporty, the Prelude sexy. the Honda the, the Prelude, prelude yeah. Ugh, yeah, love yeah. love a man with a Prelude. I mean,
0: <laughs> oh my God, yes. Because there were a couple, there were a couple at school, and so he and he was young. I think when I was in high school, so my senior year he was like twenty six. You know, so he was like danger. I know, and he so graphic arts obviously like it was like the cool for ver- like it was, it was everyone wanted to be in this class. And so I was in this class <laughs> and his car would be parked outside. It was like his, his white Honda Accord coupe dropped with like rims, <laughs> mm. you know, typical. Um, he was like Japanese American. His name was Todd. Okay. I um, I don't know if you remember. So of, course he, a, of yeah. course he had a Honda Yeah. Yeah. Accord, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, he would always, he would play like the black eyed peas. He'd play like, um, you know, uh, Jurassic Five and, like, you know, just, like, (laughs) Tribe Called Quest. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, he's so cool. Because it was so, like, different from what I, like, listened to at the time. You know, like, I was still coming out of, like, you know, Tony Braxton, Mariah Carey. Like, (laughs) it was like, it felt very hard at the time. Like, that was was hard
1: rap for me. (laughs) It just felt, but I feel like it also just felt like you were, like, in the know, yeah. in some kind of underground yeah. scene. Yeah. Cause fully, like, I, gr- when I graduated from high school and I got my first, like, summer job, and I worked at the fa- this fabric store on Hate Street in San Francisco. And, like, all my coworkers were, like, in their mid 20s. They were all, like, fashion people. Mm-hmm. They were studying fashion design or they were, like, drag queens and shit, like that. And that's where, like, I, I that's where I feel like I got a lot of that, like, hipster snobbery into <laughs> my, like, musical yeah. head yeah. is. Absorbing a lot of the music that they were listening yeah, to. that makes sense. Like that summer, it was like Black Eyed Peas, Elliot Smith, Bjork, a lot of Donna Summer for some reason oh, that, interesting. that summer. Interesting. So that's where, that's where that was very formative for mm. me in feeling like, oh, like I know something.
0: Well, and I think that that's... <laughs> like yeah. these people are so yeah. cool. They're in yeah. their 20s yeah. and
1: I'm hanging out with them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is funny because, you know, like at that time, like that was a very, I don't want to say different... It was it was hip hop that that I understood, if that makes sense, because I came from like more R&B soul background. Like I didn't I didn't listen to rap. I didn't listen to I didn't like a lot of rap. I didn't like a lot of like harder hip hop and the stuff like Tribe Called Quest, the original the Black Eyed Peas first two albums, things like that. It grooved more than I was used to, right? And it was like it felt like it it was like a it was a middle ground between like the melodic sort of R and B soul that I loved, but with this much cooler groove, and um, it was accessible to me in that way. And and you know, talking about like that cool factor, and then bringing it back to Jessie J, it's like oh yes,
1: bring it back to Jessie J, please. She's not. (laughs) She
0: never was cool. Like it's it's not like the, the 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 strident nature of of like her <laughs> kind of comes through in everything <laughs> like you know and, and it's funny because it's not just me like saying that and you know that ki- that reputation had kind of been with her since she'd come out and it and it became mm-hmm. very prevalent in the press to the point where you know she was getting mocked all the time there was this whole idea because she has such a good voice and because she like again take this with a grain of salt because like it's the British press and they're like notorious for you know kind of tearing people down um, particularly women, mm-hmm. but you know th- there was this idea of her as being very full of herself, and you know because of her voice and because of her ambition, and um,
1: you know, well because of things she and said. things that
0: she had said, where she you know she she when she moved to the U.S. in 2014 to kind of like work on her album, like she was quoted as saying, "In America, they see me as a singer, whereas here I hear that people I feel that people don't appreciate my voice," and it was like. It could be true, but it's like the way she vocalizes these things, like, because at the time you have to remember, like, I don't think people were really thinking about her at
1: all in the US
0: either. So the idea, you know, it's sort of this delusion, it uh, you know, this idea that like, she's kind
1: of delusional. It's funny because maybe she only said that once and it's the quote we know from her, but like that fully encompasses the majority of the things that I know about her Mm -hmm. is that that was really my impression Mm -hmm. of her going into this is that. She's a little full of herself. Like there's something a little bit kind of. Oh God, it's Jessie J. She just thinks. Well, and I think because
0: the body of work doesn't always live up to
1: it. Absolutely right. The the there are well especially here especially here where it's like she she's only really had two big singles here, Mm -hmm. like it's it's a bad look to talk about. The U.S. appreciates me as a singer. You've had one hit single at that point, Mm -hmm. versus like talking shit about the uk where they've given you six number it's like mm-hmm. six hit singles right you know it's a gaff. it's a gaffe.
0: yeah and you know to be fair so so here's the thing i i at this time like there wasn't a lot of u.s coverage of her so it's kind of hard to understand get a full picture of like all of the quotes or the things that would have created this sort of persona in the UK, you know, to kind of, to kind of say that this was fair or unfair.
1: I mean, I wonder if it's like a lot of American record industry, like ass kissing she was getting, you know? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's it's
0: possible, but like this, this continues to this day. (laughs) It continues to like, like all the way through. So, so, you know, sweet talker, I saw her, I I will just say I saw her in 2014, 2015, I think it was 2014. It was in support of the Sweet Talker um, album. She performed at the El Rey in LA. And uh, we got last minute tickets and we went to see it. And the El Rey, if you don't know it's like a, it's an old ballroom. And so it's, it's relatively intimate, you know, Um, it's a, it's It's like a,
1: it's like a larger medium venue or a larger small venue. It's not like the Roxy. Yeah.
0: It's not a club or, I mean, they use it as a club, but it's, but it's not laid out like a
1: club. It's not like a little box mm-hmm. performance space. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it's a good size. It's like a it's like a small auditorium. It's a small auditorium.
0: It's, like a- it's it's what's nice about it is it's a small it's a ballroom. And so directly in front of the stage is a rectangular area that's like it's like a pit essentially, but like where the ballroom floor would be, but it's sunken below the level of the sides. And on the sides there are additional sort of like these rounded little almost like um like boxes or, you know, like if you were at a theater. Yeah. Where you know, there's just multiple levels where you can sit or where you can stand to get a good vantage point. But they're not very, no place is very far from the stage. So it feels very intimate, um, especially when you have like a relatively large production come through. We've saw, um, so we saw Jesse J there. I saw the Knox um, and they brought Alex Newell out when he sang um, Collect on My Love. Okay. Which is the first single, the first, one of the big things that Alex Newell came out with. And again, just like really fun. That's a good place to see. And she, so Jesse J was great for all this talk about being like kind of full of herself and everything like that. She shared a lot of the stage with her backup singers. She had two backup singers and she would constantly like spotlight them and have them come out to, to do features and, and, and almost like duets sometimes with her. And uh, you know that's in contrast to some other shows where I've seen where it's like they don't like some of the singers don't even acknowledge their backup singers you know yeah. so it just felt like there was a good vibe like you didn't like it felt like a very close sort of touring band and and she was very warm with the audience well that's because you give her the
1: respect she deserves as a singer and the money we paid to see her <laughs> <Right now>. <laughs> <laughs> although you know to be to be nuanced about it that to me is the sign of like a good musician mm-hmm. when you're working with a band mm-hmm. essentially to create a big sound rather than being a singer that comes out and, you know, your band may as well be like a recorded yeah, track. Yeah,
0: Cause you don't interact with them. It's not like they weren't playing. They, they were definitely playing as a unit and just like, it looked like they were all having a lot of fun. So, you know, that really, that, that helped kind of cement my idea that I really liked her. I wasn't like a huge fan. I had just seen some YouTube stuff at the time and then Bang Bang had come out. And so I think I had seen, I had gone back through her YouTube and looked at some of her other, you know, some of her earlier videos that she'd uploaded. And I was like, wow, she's got an amazing voice. The opportunity came up to go see her. So we're like, it was only like, I don't know, like, I think it was like $30 or something to go (laughs) see her. So it was like, why not? Let's just go. So so you know that that kind of that has given me an appreciation for her. But after that she kind of you know she she kind of fell off. Like you didn't really hear too much about her.
1: Yeah, I mean after she was that featured woman on her own song, bang bang. What did, what did she do? what did she try to do anything after that? I you know she
0: she had released a few different things, but you know none of them really stuck. And and then you noticed that in 2018, Jessie J Popped up in China. It was all over the blogosphere. The blogosphere. They were like, what is Jesse J doing in China? And in 2018, Jesse J went on a show called Singer in China. And it's, you know, initially it seemed kind of like it's a it's a talent contest, um, sort of like the X Factor or The Voice. But the main difference being that all of the contestants are professional singers. And, um, it's a popular show, or it was a popular show in China. Jessie J made news because she was the first international singer who had been invited to participate. And there's a little, they, the no, no, no other Western or international singer had competed as part oh of, Western,
1: yeah, because I was going to say like I think that like in the previous seasons they had had like taiwanese singers and singers from hong kong or from like southeast asia i think there
0: was like a f- yeah yeah some, yeah sorry it was western. just like she was
1: like she was she was like western yeah yeah yeah, yeah. also she's jesse J, <laughs> who is like <laughs> well and it's and it's so
0: funny so so she goes on and she like she wins so so there are all these viral videos now of of her doing these very bombastic versions of you know my heart will go on um uh I have nothing. Yeah, she she the one that from the night where she won, she's saying, "I will always love you," <laughs> and it's uh, you know, it, there were a, according to the to the Chinese news, a billion people watched the last performance. So, like, if you look at it from a pure market, people were like, "Why is Jessie J there?" They're like, "Well, I mean, a billion people watched her and were enthralled or something." <laughs> you know, it's like from a marketing perspective, and as as the Chinese market. As far as
1: an exchange goes of pop stars, you know, it's not, not a terrible idea, but um, I, I know nothing about Chinese television, mm-hmm. but how do I say this? Like, I just imagine China being a country where most things are state run mm-hmm. and like, like your access to things is limited. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. wonder like. You know, it's kind of like how, you know, you talk about, like, the finale of MASH being, like, one of the most viewed things on television ever. And nothing ever comes close to that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But that's because, like, when the MASH finale ran, like, there wasn't cable television. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there, there wasn't all these... The media market there was is... a, There was, like, a, a, a limited number of things to watch. And so, if you were going to watch something, you were watching MASH. And I wonder if, like, in China, if you're like, oh, great, there's, like, this entertainment... Music variety program on television right now. Uh, let's let's watch it and like all one billion other people in China are also like yeah like gonna w- turn on my TV and watch yeah, this yeah. Uh, Not to undercut the success of this, but just saying. Well, like, I, it, I wonder if the landscape of <sighs> television watching practices in China are different from well, what we it's have I think it's obviously now.
0: it's very different because you know obviously, like as you mentioned like the 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 media is very state it's very controlled right. Um, yes, things like YouTube um Facebook they're not allowed in China so the extent to which they may be aware of West, uh, certain western performers is really only whichever ones have you know been vetted by the state and are are on yeah. sort of state
1: media channels or you know are allowed to have their videos and their content circulate so if you want to if you want to be in China do not mention Winnie the Pooh Winnie the Pooh is banned in China
0: yeah, yeah. Um, because he looks like Xi Jinping, or no? That because that's the meme, that they yeah they replace. I don't think he looks like him. No. I don't know
1: why they. It's it was it supposed to be cute that they were comparing him to Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. They thought it was
0: just a way of a subtle way of, or at least she. Oh, is it? Is it it's, supposed it's, to undermine yes. him in some way? Yes. Oh, because it's it, you know, and and that's why it started being banned. But um,
1: the resistance loves honey. But
0: you know what's funny is like the Brit- the the UK press. Realized that you know, oh, you know, suddenly Jesse J has just popped up in China, and um, the the press continue. I mean, like they they have no love lost. The Guardian, which I normally as- associate with a very sort of even keeled British publication that I read for <laughs> news, uh, has one op ed that says titled "Jesse J's Cultural Revolution: How a Middle Grade Pop Monster Saved China." <laughs> <laughs> and it's written very tongue-in-cheek. And, uh, you know, think of Jesse J as... So one of the lines is, think of Jesse J as the last empress. God knows she does. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, and she goes, it's been a few years since Madam was explaining how her broken foot had given her a, quote, a different respect now for people who don't have legs. End quote. Oh, Jesus. Still, let's
1: give the... Okay, qu- Jesse. <laughs> You were almost selling me on Jessie J. Now she's losing Well, me and
0: this is the thing, right? Because we don't see these interviews. But like <laughs> another another write-up of this was talking about how like the thing about Jessie J is sort of like her very annoying sort of earnestness. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, another article said, um, you know, it was her unbearable earnestness and an astonishing lack of humility that made her hard to love. Just a few weeks ago, she tweeted, quote, someone took a picture with me and asked, what side of yourself do you like the most? I replied, the inside. <laughs> and then it's like, that's, by going on a pop just... show that is all about the singing and not about actually being a charismatic pop star, she has finally found a place where she can be smothered in praise.
1: And so... Yeah, I mean, that's just... Uh, they hate her. Yeah. They hate her. I mean, yeah, because I, I was going to say that with that initial thing that she talked about, about being appreciated in the US as uh, as being a mm-hmm. singer... Mm-hmm that to me is like okay you're biting the hand that feeds you mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. criticizing like your your home base basically mm-hmm. but these other things that she's saying it- well and you know it's funny i
0: was so i was doing a little bit more research and i came across this interview in just this year or sorry this past year in april michelle visage who um is a judge on RuPaul's drag race mm-hmm. she was quoted as saying you know, she was disappointed to meet Jesse J despite initial, despite the initial excitement because she found her to be a total cold person.
1: Oh yeah. Wasn't there like a, there was like a, was there something where Jesse J performed or she met up with a bunch of the RuPaul's Drag Race Queens on tour or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was in
0: Australia in 2016. So Michelle Visage has written a book. And so the um, interviewer was, was interviewing her about that. And, you know, Michelle had talked about she was, she was, you know, she loved Nicki Minaj. She'd been on season 12 as a guest judge. And then she said, quote, the same couldn't be said for Jesse J. when Visage described meeting the 32 year old on the drag race Battle of the Seasons tour in Australia mm. in 2016. She told the publication, quote, when superstars come in, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if they're going to be standoffish. You don't know if they're going to be standoffish, not nice, a total cold person like Jesse J was to us when we did the tour in Australia. She said, I don't care if you put that in there. It wasn't nice. She's like, she wasn't nice. I was so excited. And then I was like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> she goes on. She goes on to praise the singer's vocal ability. As she said, there were, quote, few voices that could hold up to her. Um, but, you know, wasn't great.
1: So, yeah, I mean t- it seems like it all adds up to she's not got the personality to curry favor with people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's And whether that no. means that she's actually like a stink ass hoe or like if she's just you know, an introvert. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I I think, you know, when you have a if you had a voice like Jesse James and your one of your classmates is Adele And, you know, you write a song right off the bat called Party in the USA, and it becomes an international hit. And you are looking for the same level of success and recognition in your own life, in your own career, given that you do have what is unequivocally acknowledged, almost universally acknowledged as an amazing voice, but it's not translating into popularity or critical acclaim in this is what, twelve years down the road into your career. Like I can see that manifesting itself if you're not like uh if you don't have the personality to just kiss ass and try and like yeah, you know, continue to work on
1: your on your image. But to take this on a RuPaul's drag race tangent, you know, Trixie Mattel, mm-hmm. who is probably one of the most successful drag queens to come out of RuPaul's drag race, right? Mm-hmm. Like, music career, drag career, had Great documentary on um, Netflix Netflix now. I remember a few years ago, one of the queens from Drag Race, local to LA, had posted this thing about, you know, how if you're you're like an out-of-town queen and you come to a city and you're playing with local queens, he's like, don't be... Something about like, it doesn't pay to be grand, basically. Mm. And either internet sleuths or it was revealed that this queen was talking about Trixie Mattel that Trixie Mattel was like not nice to them Mm. when she came through LA and in a deleted scene from RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3 I think that Trixie was talking about how as Trixie Mattel she is a character she's so boisterous and she's a comedy queen and just super out there and loud and obnoxious and you know Mm -hmm. super talkative but that outside of that character she's actually like very very introverted and very shy and very quiet and very nervous about talking to people, touching people, mm, being mm-hmm. close to mm-hmm. people. Basically saying that like that side of like his actual personality as a as a man yeah. is confusing to people when they know her as Trixie, you know. Mm-hmm. And she kind of addressed that on the show and was like, "Well, some people thought I was being grand, you know, <laughs> like
0: yeah I think that's always that's and I the wonder hard about that part, like right? it's a hard part' yeah. the persona, and I think you see you see a lot of pop stars these days trying to really either preempt that or address it whether directly or indirectly through these like self-funded documentary behind the scenes sort of things um you see it with the you know in their social media posts where they try and kind of lift the veil or you know lift the curtain yeah. behind like who the quote unquote real person is now obviously everything take is control of your yeah. own story Yeah and I think there are some people who are very good at it um and are very self-aware and then there are other people who who might think they are, but they're not as self-aware, you know, they're just, yeah. And, uh, and that's why, I, that's why I was saying like, you know, trying to take, trying to take some of this negativity with a grain of salt at first, just because, you know, we, we've we talked about people in the past, like where we're like, why, why is this singer so standoffish? Why are they, and you find out like they were in like this crazy, you know, fight with the record label and they were actually muzzled or, you know, there's all kinds of things going on. Um, yeah. And so you don't always know, uh, and that's why I think Jessie J is an interesting. Is it, maybe not. Let me, let me take that back. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Wanna, I don't want to go too. That's not the. The I'm not going to go too far out on a limb. But I do enjoy some of her music. I do think that Alive is an interesting album. I think that um, there are some songs on there that would have benefited from a U.S. release. And you know who knows could have potentially given her more footing. You know, and more of a fan mm-hmm. base here. Thunder for sure. I really enjoy give some of the other songs a listen. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it it also just goes to show that, you know, so much of the, you know, pop stardom, and we see this with so many people, is not just about having a good voice. You know, it's all of the construction that goes around it and the maintenance of that idea. And we see when some of these some of these acts, like when they they no longer care to maintain that, you know, it like grinds them down. That's when they kind of drop out and disappear because it's not because they were lack of inspiration or anything like that it was just they they didn't want to keep doing that
1: or you realize that like the Mm machine the machinery Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. not worth your energy you know some. i mean it's interesting because like sometimes like you know with how behind the curtain some Mm -hmm. stars are it's like you know i think we talked about it with jasmine sullivan how jasmine sullivan you know made a twitter announcement that she was like quitting the music industry but didn't never really said why. Never really said anything. I don't know if we knew enough about Jazz and Sullivan. Because at the time, I was like, oh, it sounds yeah. like she's just having yeah. problems with yeah. her label, or you know, maybe she's a difficult person to deal mm-hmm. with. Like this kind of stuff that I I would I would suspect that like once you become known as a difficult person, it becomes harder and harder to find mm-hmm. collaborators of any quality or mm-hmm. any influence. But then you know, like all these years later. Jasmine Sullivan kind of reemerges and is able to talk about like no all this mm-hmm. shit was happening in my mm-hmm. personal life. You know, it had nothing mm-hmm. to do with the music or who I am as a person. It's like these external factors in my personal life were mm-hmm. pulling me down and I yeah. needed time to like yeah. pull myself back up. Uh Jesse J, I will yeah. I, I, yeah. The th- the the thing the thing about I now I know what people without legs feel like. <laughs> is that's straight out of an SNL.
0: Script. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those things that you couldn't even write that
1: if she doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, it's, I think to your earlier point, there's like, there has to be like a level of mm-hmm. self-awareness in order to know how to communicate to people. Like, you know, cause there are people that say stuff like that, that have to come out and be like, no, no, no I'm like a yeah. really sarcastic person. Yeah. I'm a very sarcastic person. When you read this, these quotes from me, you have to imagine that I'm I'm mm-hmm, fully mm-hmm. on joking. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I don't know. So so I don't know if she because I still think of her as I still think of her as taking herself yeah. very yeah. seriously, which leads me to believe that she's not fully self aware of like the tone of some of her, these. The, I mean the, yeah. these handful of statements yeah. that we get about her. But if the British press is turned against you, my goodness, what are you gonna do? Well, I mean you go to China.
0: The one article from The Guardian basically put this into like a in a tongue in cheek way, sort of like a cultural exchange. Comparing it to like the Chinese requisition of Hong Kong and being like, you can take Jesse. <laughs> oh, like you can okay. take Jesse
1: from us. Wait, that like okay. Oh, they like they They're were doing, doing they the were UK doing a UK favor, favor, but you know now she's your problem. Because I was like, wait a second, but that means that China is receiving everything. Yeah, 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 But it was like a, it's basically like oh, you can you can have Hong Kong, but you also must take Jesse J. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, we didn't talk. We didn't talk this time. I, like revisiting in my brain. I and mean, we don't have to talk in full about it because last time we talked about this I gave, a, I, gave I gave a full plot summary of the Carey, uh the Carrie Russell television program Felicity. But I don't remember this album, but I do remember Jessie J cutting off all of her hair and dyeing it blonde. Cuz she went on tour, that's why. She went on tour in the UK and in Europe to support this album. So
0: those images were beamed back to the US. So we knew she'd cut off. And the, yeah. the hair was just too
1: much so yeah, she had to yeah, cut yeah. it off. I just always think that like there, there's always some implied story behind someone who like a woman who cuts off, her cuts hair. off all their hair and, and changes her look completely. Like, you, I mean, I know it's trite, but there is always that idea that like, Oh, if someone makes that kind of drastic tr- change, like yeah, something's happening. I don't know. The, 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 the connection being that in Felicity in the television program, Felicity, um, Carrie Russell decided in her personal life to cut off her hair between the first season and the second season. And people hated it. And then her show got canceled because she cut her hair. I'm sure that was not entirely the reason, but in the media, that was a big contributing factor was that Carrie Russell cut her hair. How dare she? And
0: And now she's beloved actress, Star Wars
1: actress. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, she? What is she doing? She already was
0: in it. She was um she was in the Last Jedi. She's um, she's a uh, Rise of Skywalker. Is she an alien? No, I'm sorry, Rise of Skywalker. She's um, Oscar Isaac's like lover or former lover on the on that planet. She was like a oh, mercenary. Wait. She,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> Carrie Russell. Okay, yeah, good for her. I mean, yeah, she was, she was on the American. American. I, was, I was teasing was, like, about Star critically Wars. critically acclaimed role on the Americans, but I mean, Star Wars is like, it's, I, I can't make heads or tails of it. I've watched every movie like seven times now and I still can't make heads or tail of it. Every time I watch a star Wars movie, I have like a new revelation about what's going on anyway. Okay. Um, Thanks, Jesse J. I think we talked a lot. I think we talked a lot more about things that are not Jesse J, which is, um, as per usual, but especially with Jesse J. I had a very little to say about Jesse J. Yeah. Her bangs,
0: Her, her bangs, bang, bang,
1: bang, bang. Into your room. Is that the title of this yeah, uh, yeah. episode? Bang, bang, bang. bang, bang. Uh,
0: <laughs> My baby shot Jesse J down. <laughs> the UK
1: shot Jesse J down. Oh, God. Anyway. anyway. Um, you know what, Jason? I have some special thanks to give today. To whom? Um, Adam Elder. Oh, Do you know who he is? Do you know what he good, did for us? He's a good, good man. He also, in addition to being an excellent human being compose our theme music. Yay. (laughs) Um, Songs and videos featured in today's episode will be posted to our website, flopredeemer.com. Remember to rate, I hate the way I say that sentence. I'm gonna say it again. Remember, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. Check us out on social media at flopredeemer on Instagram and Twitter and at facebook.com slash flopredeemer. As always, email us at flopredeemer at gmail.com.